the Lord. I don't know he what is, that means, but Lord. sure, I am the Lord. I rarely dream, but when I do, it's never good. Like, I've mm. never had a good dream. Yeah. Nothing but nightmares? Would you, nothing, say, would you call them a nightmare? It's either just... nightmares. Oh, I identify a nightmare as if, like, it's incredibly stressful, and I wake up really stressed, and I'm sweaty, and I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good but, one. That's, like, better than any horror movie that's come out in the past, like, ten years. Or like, ever. Normally, they're... Yeah, right? Ever. Not a fan of horrors. Normally, my dreams are just super weird. Dirty. They're not, like, good... When they happen, they're not generally good or bad. They're just like weird. And like you wake up the next morning and you're like, what the fuck? Dude, what, dr- is, what is wrong with you? Dreams are like photographs. If I'm not in them and no one's having sex, why do I care? Why do I care? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, golden gods and goddesses to Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. This is the ultimate It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. My name is Brayden. I'm here with my co-host today. Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. What's up, everybody? It's Donnie. Your boy Adam. Kebab. Kebab <laughs> is our anonymous co host. The dish of the day today, we're calling him Kebab. Uh, we're joined here with Adam is Adam and Donnie, as you just heard. Like I said, this is Rum Ham and Wild Cards. We are going over in order every single episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We're discussing every episode. We're ranking it. We're going to hopefully bring up some points that you maybe haven't thought about when you're thinking of the best show of all time. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And uh, the whole point of this show is that by the end of this podcast series, we will have a full ranking of every single episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, complete with some fan responses. That's right. If you're listening to this right now, we want to hear from you. If you're a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, feel free to hit us up on our email. If you do the emails, alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. We also have Twitter and Instagram at alwayssunnypod. And our website is rumham.transistor.fm. At our website, you can find all our social media links as well as all of the platforms where you can listen to Rumham and Wild Cards. We are doing season two today. We're talking about season two, episode two. I'm very excited to get to this episode. But before we get to it, uh, a little business to take care of. Head on over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and search Rumham and Wild Cards. We will pop up. Hit subscribe so you know when we get new episodes out to you guys. Not only do we do these episode reviews, but we also get together and uh, do what we call Jabroni Talk, where uh, we talk a bit more about the show, hopefully in some ways that fans have never really thought about the show, and kind of discuss how Sonny relates to real life. I don't know, sometimes we just get drunk and tear rank the side characters. Uh, So go ahead, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And uh, while you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could give us a five-star rating, uh, it means a lot to us. Also hit the thumbs up button. Right there, uh, still doing... Click the like and subscribe. Follow us on MySpace. MySpace. Google Plus. And like like and subscribe. And other 2006 social medias. Anyways, uh, this is your first time joining us. Welcome to the show. The four of us are here today talking about season two, episode two, The Gang Goes Jihad. Uh, The first half of this episode, we are going to be talking about uh, the episode itself. We're going to be summarizing it, talking about the themes of the episode. Um, The show's this episode specifically has been out for 15 years. So uh, there's been a lot of talk around these older episodes. So we're going to go over season two, episode two. And then on the second half of the podcast, we are going to put some numbers to our argument and put this episode onto the list of lists, our full ranking of every single episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 
but that is a lot of business and a lot of boring stuff that we're going to get to later. You guys don't worry about it. Just sit back, relax. We got a great episode here that we're going to talk about. Season two, episode two, The Gang Goes Jihad. This came out June 29th, 2006, 14 years ago. Uh, Dan Ateus is the director on this one. Uh, you might remember him from doing some season one episodes. Dan Ateus is a very common director. And this episode is written by Rob McElhenney, Charlie Day, and Glenn Howarden. The boys. All, yes. Uh, Rob, of course, usually gets the main writing credit, but online, uh, the other guys in the gang get story credits. Caitlin Olson didn't do any writing? Nah, she's just yeah, an actor. She just shows up. Yeah. Danny DeVito. <laughs> I think he just I see, got here. I think I see. We see. I think we see some bleed over between who's putting the work into the show. Uh, and, uh, yeah. just, no, I'm just. I'm just. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know. If she does. Saying what we're all later. thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Women are funny, dude. Just say it. Just say it. Yeah. Now we're a South Park podcast. <laughs> Braden, your mom is funny. Oh, thank you. Okay, so the gang goes jihad. Uh, so Patty's pub is purchased? Question mark in in sketchy means. Half of Patty's pub gets purchased by an Israeli businessman, and the gang wants their revenge. My name is Ari Frankel. I just bought the building next door. Oh, great. Cool. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. I purchased it a few months ago, but I was just able to move my family into Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Where from? Israel. Just got to be too dangerous. I mean, you know, with everything that's happening. Well, that's a tough situation oh, you yeah, got over you got there. that whole tsunami yeah, and no, the... No, uh, well, the, the Superdome thing, that, that's, that's, no, no, that's, that's one of those places over there. So uh, it's uh, a different country. Uh, Try to help the guy out. Why don't you just shut up? They, they want to get, that sounds so yeah. bad right out the gate. How do we even, uh, meanwhile, in this episode, Frank is also here in the show and he's trying to rid himself of his ex-wife. What do you want? I want to talk. I tried to talk to you weeks ago. You went on vacation. I was trying to scare some sense into you. You were talking about giving away all of our money. My money. I made it. You spent it. Burn. There you go, buddy. I want my shit back. You took my shit from our home and I want it back. Well, I didn't take anything. It's empty. Someone came in and took everything. Maybe you should have somebody deported like you used to in the old days. Beautiful. No! Oh. I can't even talk to you anymore. Standing up for yourself. Standing up for immigrants. I don't know what you're turning into, Frank, but it's making me sick. But mostly focusing here on the gang handling possibly losing Patty's Pub. So what'd you guys what'd you guys think of this episode? Uh, I, real quick, I know we yeah. haven't ever talked about the now that Frank's back and we did the whole what would Frank do, but I real quick just thought about it. I know that obviously they, the gang does stuff that probably could get them arrested anyway. But in this episode, if there was no Frank, they would have went to jail. Yeah. They would have been arrested and they would have went so. to jail for a very long time and show would have been over. Because of the fire or the... Yeah, but Frank didn't buy the property the video. and he blew up well both. Yeah. Well, I mean, the video, I guess they kind of just... That that's goes, one where they could have just technically arrested him, but they let it just brush under. Goes right to my point I made a few episodes ago where I said Frank's financing mm -hmm. allows them yeah. to pull this stuff yeah. off and makes the show much more easier digest to digest. If they were to try to pull this episode in season one, I think I'd be giving a lower score than I'm about to give it. Is yeah. That, like I said, they for sure would have been arrested for blowing up this dude's building. Is that jihad tape not protected by free speech? <laughs> Maybe uh, that's why they never got in trouble uh, for it. I don't, I don't know. know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the part where Max says we will crush your crush skull your with skull. a yeah. hammer might be, insinuating be a little, violence, yeah, insinuating, illegal. a terroristic threat. Yeah. 
I mm. liked the struggle. But besides for that. I liked the struggle they had <laughs> where they wanted to obviously get revenge on the businessman, on, on Ari, but they didn't want to come off as anti-Semitic yeah. so badly. They, they, they kept they kept struggling with the, the Jewish versus Jew, but they're like trying to get back at him, but trying to make sure that they all know it's not because he's Jewish. Yeah. The amount of, they even a few times just specifically were like, it's okay that he's Jewish, but... Like the fact that they have to keep saying that it's like, which uh, is a common sentiment when you hear people that are anti-Israel, they try and come back with a, oh, but I'm 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 not anti-Semitic though. Don't don't take it as anti-Semitism. But then they'll they'll use like they'll be they'll use anti-Semitic words or tropes and like, well, you have a better argument, I guess. It's interesting that you mentioned the struggle because jihad literally means struggle. Mm -hmm. So So does Kampf. Got that going. That was unnecessary. <laughs> In case y'all didn't, it know. is interesting. I don't know. Just, Words just, are interesting. Like I even have a hard time saying Jew in front of like my rabbi. It's like, well, we were Jewish, so it doesn't. But it's still like it's still it, a weird word because some people want. Hey, to rabbi, we're just a couple of Jews. Jews. Just a couple just of Jews, Jews, man. Apparently, everyone at the barbecues from Brooklyn. Yeah. We're all Jews. My dad's from Brooklyn. You have you have your own personal. Does every Jew have their own personal rabbi? Uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, they could be the same rabbi, though. I oh. guess. No, no, no. Your own. <laughs> your own personal I, rabbi. Uh, when I was at Purdue, I had I had a, a good rabbi at the Chabad there. Yeah, he was a good guy. <laughs> I don't know. Was he I, your personal rabbi? Was he? Yeah, he was like a your Jew. Own personal rabbi. He was like, a Jew. Hopefully, hopefully I would <laughs> assume some, so. Like, shellfish in front of you, and you're like, "Fuck! What do I do?" Man? <laughs> <laughs> Give him a ring. <laughs> I don't know. I've only met one or two rabbis where I'm like, yeesh. Like, yeesh. By, by and large, rabbis that I've met over my life have been pretty cool guys. What about I don't the know. one that cut your penis? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> 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 what about that one? Uh, how I do, don't how remember. Do, how do rabbis make money off the circumcisions? Keep the tips. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, so I thought it was interesting, especially what's happening today with this whole Jew thing. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, Jewish, Jewish and, you know, thing. The media. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's Jewish. Okay, I thought about the context. Jewish, yeah. I thought about Jewish person thing. It seems like, in a lot of different ways, black is used in like it can mm. be used in a similar context. Like people maybe like, oh, you can't call him black or whatever. You can't say black. It's, just, it's kind of the same way with Jew. Like, don't call him a Jew or don't say. Uh, what what did they say though? We're gonna teach that Jew a lesson yeah. or something like that. <laughs> no no no, we're gonna teach that man a lesson, and it's okay and that it's he's okay Jewish. That he's Jewish. <laughs> yeah, because it kind of like sets you up. Like if you kind of restrict what people can say, it kind of sets you up from for making a mistake in other directions. And like now you gotta make up for that. Like I I personally I think if you want to criticize or talk about people, I don't think you should be afraid to say words. But I mean, obviously, like the whole episode is about like how do you refer to someone who's Jewish. If, if not a Jew, right? And it's it's a good conversation. And that's one of my favorite things that I've always loved about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is that these these characters get l- so lost in trying to be politically correct mm. that they end up being so mm-hmm. far from politically correct. Mm-hmm. It's I, I'm going to talk about this when we talk about the story later. It's the kind of notion that's two steps forward, one step back. They're mm-hmm. trying they're trying to get ahead, but they. In this case, it's like two steps forward and then like 12 steps back. Mm-hmm. The gang is constantly trying to get ahead in everything, including their motivations. Mm-hmm. And they're just constantly ending up way behind. Oh, yeah. I think I think it's we see a lot of that today. You know, people try and do what they think is right, but sometimes they, they make mistakes and they mess up in other directions and they have to, I guess, course correct from there. 
I mean, I think it's interesting how they kept the, there's a very thin veneer between the situation with the bar and like the actual Israel-Palestine conflict. Yeah, like the fences. With the whole, like, fences and you're, you're, he's claiming off a 300-year-old law or something <laughs> like that. And like, you guys had two times to fix this, but you didn't, stuff like that. I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. And then instead of getting like too heavy into the weeds, they're like, they go into that whole bit about legal recourse. And that's just like, is the comedic relief, I suppose, for anyone who's like paying attention and following the veneer in sort of like a mm. get out kind of way but with a comedic relief instead of just that weird tense back and forth yeah i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't even catch that until we watched this together before recording this all those references yeah. oh yeah i mean i caught the wall one i didn't ca i didn't catch you had two opportunities yeah, two to opportunities fix yeah, to yeah, that one I, I didn't, didn't catch he's just gonna times. come in here with a 300 year old law and now it's suddenly uh, his or something like that oh shit well maybe I should give a couple extra points to the story when we go to talk about it here I think I might have to give this episode a little bit more credit than I was about to that's a good point there kebab <laughs> kebab well I think as far as episodes of it's always sunny Philadelphia goes this isn't one of my favorites, but I think this is a very important Sunny episode. You got a couple great lines. You got Grilled Charlie that's introduced and, and plenty of memes that have been spawned out of this episode. But up until like literally a minute ago when you pointed all that out, Kebab, I still think it's not exactly one of my favorite episodes in this season. Really? Yeah. Well, we have a longer season. We have more episodes than in this season than last season, right? Oh yeah, and yeah. I mean I'm not. About, I'll I'll go ahead and say that this is probably better than anything in season one. Still though, I'll put this episode above anything that we've reviewed in season one. I would do that. I think so too. If we're talking about how we're going to rank the episodes, I think, I think for me, probably most of season two will. Be, I, I think season one won't be on the top of my lists at the end of the list. The list, especially I'm now compared to this season. Sometimes as I sit home late at night by myself, um, I imagine statistics and bar graphs, and that's how I like to look at episodes in terms of each one that we rate. So while this one may have like an overall be like the highest, so if we're taking a bar graph of just rating the episodes, okay, maybe this one is the biggest chunk, but if you take the different categories that go up and down, kind of like that um, singular, the old cell phone company, like raising the bar, bars going up and down and stuff like that, that's how I view it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I can say this without laughing, but I, yeah, I was looking at my uh, bar graphs and pie charts as well. There but you go. Um, yeah, with that, I, it showed that this episode was to me really just average. But I, I almost agree that it was better than all of season one. Granted, I think when we look at the scores, I had one episode in uh, season one that I ranked higher than this. I have a hard time but, saying it's bad. I just no, don't. Not bad. I don't think it's. Um, we talk about the episodes that you'd show someone who's never seen this show before. What are the one, the go-to ones? This maybe is one of them. I put it in the maybe column. I'm not going to go and show this to someone who's never seen this show before. This might, yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that this could be like episode. So we have the, the, the meta list, the list of list of lists. That is the episodes that you would show someone to get them into the show. This one is like, like four or five down the line after you've showed them like the Christmas special and like 
two other ones or something. I think this would go before the Christmas special, if anything. You need to shut up. You need to leave this room. I mean, it did come. It did. Cancel Adam. It did. Cancel Adam. <laughs> it did chronologically come before the Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's what you The six listeners we had that were messaging us saying, God. you guys need to be nicer to Adam. They're yeah. all like, yeah, they're like, like, oh, I sent that yeah, message. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can't believe I defended that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Back on our side. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say this. I think that this episode really establishes a lot of the tropes that I see in, in the future episodes. Because, like, first of all, you know, Frank and Charlie are living together. They're cooking with peanut butter. They're doing, making slop and, and mess. They're, they're cooking living on a, in a grill plate and a cast iron pan with peanut butter and oil. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Grilled Charlie is a delicacy but in some countries. Charlie. <laughs> but not only, only that, I think... It, it, I remember there was a, when they're talking to the lawyer and they're all sitting around their desk. It just this really feels like an and it's always sunny episode where they're in Charlie's apartment in their underwear and they go to some random professionals. The long johns. Off, yeah, the long johns, and they go to some random professionals' office and and make up their own idea and kind of horrify them to the point they kick them out of the office. And I just love seeing that. I think this is this is, also the jihad tape is so offensive. It's so fucked up. Yeah, this is this is a great. It's always sunny episode. I would show this before I would show it at the Christmas episode. Unlike uh, that's a really, 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 really like sun level hot take. But the Christmas special is is a special. You know, it's like a special. It was episode. very, very, it was very special. special. Yes, it's great. You're Much right. more special than this. Episode. It's great. My God. <laughs> um, because I don't come from the land and ice of ice and snow like some people over here. Um, I never really wore long johns until like my adult life and I remember distinctly wearing long johns one time like wearing them all day and thinking like is this how Charlie feels all the time yes <laughs> pretty dope not gonna lie dude it's <laughs> very comfortable yeah they're it's pretty very dope. comfortable you get you get the kind with the ass flap on the back you don't even need to take them off when you use the restroom dude all right Peter <laughs> First, I'm social activism, Andrew. And now I'm Peter. Now you're Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I like that you guys mentioned that this episode is important because I never really thought about that before. Because to me, this wasn't really like ever one of my favorite or funniest episodes. But for a lot of different reasons, it was important. Like you said, it kind of gave that home feeling to Charlie and Frank living together and like how their actually like lifestyle is gonna be. And then even at the end, how they solidified Frank officially becoming a part of the gang. Mm. Like they actually made that a thing instead of just like, oh, he showed up and cool. He's a part of us now. They kind of like, he had to like well, them into it. He, he had to hustle them. And, yeah, yeah. He, he made it a thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, but the, the entire show yeah. made it a thing. And that's what I'm talking about. It establishes like the rest of the show. Like, like Braden said, like it, you know, Frank has the money now and he owns the bar. It kind of explains why in later parts of the show, like when we're trying to figure out, wait, who owns the bar? Frank owns the bar. Yeah, because this is such just a minimal scene that I forget about, but like like I said, yeah, it just solidifies and makes everything so official and answers a lot of those mm-hmm. questions. He actually owns 50% of the bar. All right. The yeah. other 50% is divided in thirds. He owns the majority. What's 50 divided by three, math boy? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what the other 10% could be. What do you get when you have a person with a philosophy degree doing a math problem? A joke that's better than this one. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, ah. Sick burn. Also, I guess if we're talking about uh, continuity that's set up in this episode, Charlie's camcorder is here for the first time. They, yeah. break, they break that out every now and then. Charlie likes to make his home movies, kitten Fuck. mittens. 
fuck pre-2010 recording devices. They just all look so stupid. That's like from the fuck. 90s. He, yeah, that's that, old. That camera he has, then it was old. Yeah, it now was, it's ancient. I saw... Uh, I actually think they kind of look cool. It's pretty cool. God damn it. It's vintage. I'm surrounded by people who hate progress. <laughs> <laughs> They're the size of a boombox. Yeah. They're very inconvenient. Which are also out cool. of date, which are also ancient. I remember seeing this ad for like one of the first portable, it was either Canon or JVC, and it was like the person had like the 70s clothes style and like the tagline was only weighs 25 pounds. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we are going to put some numbers to our argument. We are going to compile our scores, average them out, do a whole bunch of boring math that you guys don't have to worry about. Uh, when we come back, we're going to quantify our argument. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. like it we don't stand for it we won't we won't stand for it not on this program we say as we do offensive australian accents welcome back to the show ladies and gentlemen rumham and wild cards brayden sitting here with kebab sitting with adam sitting with donnie listening here is you the listener like i said if you are a fan of it's always sunny in philadelphia feel free to hit us up uh, at our email, alwayssunnypod at gmail.com, Instagram and Twitter, at alwayssunnypod, and our subreddit is r alwayssunnypod, where you can find the lists of lists that we will soon place this episode on. So, Season 2, Episode 2. If this is your first time joining us, we are going through some categories when we're talking about this, not going about it all crazy-like. We're going about it with some reason, because reason will prevail. Reason will prevail! We got the story of the episode, the characters, quotes, overall humor, and wild card. Each of these categories, we can give up to 10 points each for a total of 200 points for the episode between the four of us, a whole bunch of math that is boring to listen to, but... Uh, and very hard to do. Even more boring to do here in person, very but hard. very necessary. Very necessary. <laughs> <laughs> story. Like I said, it's not my favorite story. I, I was going to give this a very low score, but after our previous discussion here, I think I'm going to give it a couple more points. Uh, like I said, I think it's an important Sunny episode, but story-wise, I think this kind of just goes halfway. So five out of ten for the story for me. What do you guys think of the that's story? With, that's with the bonus points for that's Palestine? That's with my modifier. Bonus points for Palestine? I'm kind of up in the air with my story because... Like George it, Clooney? <laughs> up in the air and uh, I'm kind of up in the air with this uh, for the story part because I think it's like a continuation from last week's episode too. They're still wearing the casts. Barbara's here and she's wondering who took all the um, <clears throat> all, all the stuff from her house. Um, but but it also adds up to it. I mean, it also adds on to that story. Like we see more about you know Dennis and Dee's life. Um, but that could be more for the characters. I I mean, I'm giving the story an eight. It's just it's a good story. I like how. I like how, I just like how, how, how they all end up committing crimes in the end just to get their way. And I like how it all leads up to that. That's my favorite part of it. It's always sunny. So for those of you listening at home, when Adam said he was going to give this an eight, Braden gave to Adam uh, the what the fuck, you're off the podcast yeah. eyes, <laughs> where your eyes get really big. So um, please I mean, pray for me I like because, it because I gave the story a nine. Oh my! Oh, God, oh my! The one time you two agree? Are you kidding me? Not yeah, man, that wraparound—that wraparound where he walks into the house and his wife is 
probably fucking the Israeli businessman. I love that wraparound. If you've seen those stupid movies, um, what the fuck was it? Crazy Stupid Love, where Emma Stone is the daughter the whole time. You think they're talking about the grandma, but really it's Emma Stone. Uh, and the two stories connect, and they're fucking love, actually. Sign me the fuck up. For someone who, Yo. For someone who doesn't like that movie, apparently, you remember a lot about it. Yeah, Crazy well, Stupid Love? Yeah, I love that movie. Okay, good. It was a good movie. And apparently, he loves uh, wraparounds too. Wraparounds. But, um, anyways, uh, I also <laughs> give agree. me a good wraparound. Look me in I, the eyes. I'm not as fond of the story as you guys are, but I do think it was like really solid, really average. I gave it a seven because, like, I think even at the end when they just, like I said, solidified Frank becoming a part of the gang. I think yeah. that was even something that I missed the first time, mm -hmm. and I kind of just thought he showed up and just they let him be there, and it is what it is. But no, there's a real reason why they have to deal with them and have to keep moving forward. Yeah. So basically, it, it, it solidifies, it kind of clears up or ends part of last week's story, the previous episode, and it establishes Frank's, you know, better part in the game, you know, what he yeah. does. So that to me, I, I like that. So good point. I will change my score by one point. <laughs> Downwards. Because <laughs> fuck that, kebabs. That'd be a fun plot twist, but I'm not spiteful like the dish of the day over here. I think I'll go ahead and give a six for the story. I'll change my five to a six. Adam brings up a very good point. They continue the continuity that they had in the last episode, which is not something we always see in the show. Yeah, between that and what I said earlier, where I feel like I should throw it a little bit more credit, yeah. And uh, six out of ten. Want to know the difference between our podcast and It's Always Sunny? Yeah. Our reason actually prevailed. Reason will prevail. Sometimes. I think their reason <laughs> usually. Prevails. I, think their nah, reason I don't know. Prevails. Their yeah, reason sometimes. Their reason prevails until it all <laughs> move falls to strike. <laughs> move to strike. <laughs> Let's move on to the characters, you guys. Oh. I gave the characters uh, an eight. They're all pretty like character characters. With D being, I guess, her characters to get shit on all the time. So that's pretty interesting. Um, I didn't go full bore on this one. Didn't go full whole hog, a lighting console. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like Frank wasn't Frank enough. Well, he's still getting his bearings about him. He, he doesn't know how to make a grilled Charlie. Can you blame the guy? Yeah, I mean, I think same thing. This one was really average, but it was good. It was like the classic narcissist, like when they were in with the lawyer it's oh well if there's someone else to blame they're always going to blame somebody but the second that the blame should be on them they're like whoa, whoa, whoa we don't need to talk about blame like let's just talk about solutions yeah so like, that was just like the typical narcissist which obviously and is the point of the show another so. um narcissist point is when they're deciding what to do and charlie's like well let's do prank x the poop fire bag they're like that's the stupidest shit i've ever heard what are we gonna do okay let's tp his house let's do prank y yeah and charlie's like let's throw eggs at him <laughs> like they all choose pranks but they don't like they think everyone else prank is fucking stupid unless it's their own prank yeah it has to be your idea yeah. if it's not your idea it's not that good yeah but yeah for that i give it a seven um for me i you know for characters, I really love the characters in this one. And you, Kebab, you gave uh, characters an 8, and I, I, I'm giving it a 10. I was going to bring it down to a 9, because I was agreeing with you for a little bit, and then you said that you didn't think that Frank is the character you wanted to be yet. And I'm thinking, like, well, I don't want to grade. I don't want to, you know, I guess grade characters by who they're not yet, because Mac isn't out of the closet yet. So what I'm are you going to... Still gonna a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's true. But I'm saying, like, like I personally, I like watching the characters develop and that's how i'm grading the characters so i'm i like watching them begin i like watching frank be 
his first day in Charlie's house. I'm, I'm giving this a 10 because, again, I like seeing Dee get shit on. We're introduced to Barbara, who's just, they, they always talk about mom, but she's a bitch. And she's a great character. Um, character is a 10. Uh, also, Charlie's dumb as fuck in this episode. He has no idea. He thinks tsunami's the biggest issue Israel deals with. <laughs> Well, maybe yeah. I'd rather watch one person's objective viewpoint than a bunch of guys sitting around talking about something. Oh, at Fry Loves Leela three thousand. <laughs> bring it, bringing it back to uh, back. what was that episode? Uh, episode nine, Jay, yeah. our our season finale. Criticism, which, our biggest critic criticizer yet, still out there. Oh, oh you think that's our biggest oh. criticism yet? Oh, oh has oh. stuff happened? There were like non non uh constructive criticisms that i felt weren't even worth mentioning someone just called us nerds flat out right i didn't uh, think that was uh, i mean very I mean, just stating facts are they wrong yeah, yeah. I, mean, can, I mean can i make another nerd negative roadcaster here i don't even know what that is can i make another point for why i really love uh, the characters in, the, in this episode i love when I dennis stop you i would love it when dennis freaks out and he's like action left i need my head out i'm gonna get a weapon i'm gonna get a weapon Everybody, 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 get a weapon! I love when when Dennis's little that's a great quote, <laughs> great quote. But not just that. It's I'm, I'll I'll put on the quote part, put on the overall overall humor part. But two, uh, the characters I like him. I like seeing him freak out. It's so fun. Yeah, and when also, he shrieks. Also, while you're talking about Frank, the character development, I was starting to think also that obviously he was with Barbara in the recent past. She, didn't she leave for I think like they're a still month married or something? But but living together actually like married a couple weren't she left for like a month or so mm -hmm. but even before that frank obviously had to have been acting like a normal responsible adult while they were together or else yeah. barbara would have never been dealing with it so to see even how quick frank transferred back he beat her yeah <laughs> yeah apparently. multiple times supposedly could you imagine just five foot tall Danny He'd DeVito have to get a step stool to, in yeah. order to do that to his be very wife, effective his wife in real life is very tall compared to him i think Everyone's tall compared to him. Yeah. Sorry, Danny. We uh, love you. As far as characters go, Dennis and Dee's mom, uh, I understand she's not supposed to be likable, and maybe I should give her a point because she plays such an unlikable mm -hmm. character so well. But oh my God, every time she's in this show, I just yeah. want to take all the character points away. She's just not yeah. funny. When she, when we get to the episode where she dies, she's sad. 20 out of 10. She's just It's just not funny. Like, it's... They're, this, a lot of this show is like about being mean in a funny sort of way that makes assholes like us like it, but that's just like not funny. It's just kind of stupid. Like, oh, you think she's fat? Lol. I think to it's, say women are funny. I think it's a little low blow at like the rich, arrogant, like stereotypical. How bad does someone need to be for these characters to go, wow, they're an asshole? You know, mm -hmm. so I think that's to, to Donnie's point. That's what it's saying. It's like, yeah, these characters are selfish and they think of themselves, but at least they're not rich douchebags who actually exist in this real world. I think it's kind of a jab. Yeah, like guy. she was legitimately mad and disappointed that he was standing up for immigrants. Yeah, like she's legit. Like she's a bad person. Look, at and you. they're really signifying that. I don't think they're trying to use her as a funny character. I think they're actually using her as like. Wow, this is a person that exists in our society. She gets a couple funny lines, but yeah. I think Donnie's point is pretty spot on when it comes to her. I give it a six for the characters. I, I think you guys are in the right neighborhood as far as that goes. What, what was that? Sevens, eights? I was seven. Saying. Yeah. Moving on. This is my favorite part of the show. Quotes. I think this was a pretty quote heavy episode. I'm Adam mentioned it already when they're filming the video. <laughs> 
What the hell are you doing, dude? That's what those tapes sound like. Why don't you read the script that I wrote? I'm not reading the script you wrote, it's in English. It's riddled with spelling errors. Well, you know what I'm trying to write, just say it. I'm just gonna mumble some guttural sounds. Let's do another one. He's not gonna know what you're saying! Well, then we'll do subtitles or something. How am I gonna do subtitles? I should have something in my hands. You don't need anything in your hands. Like a weapon, a machete, or a machine gun or something. Okay, why don't you head down to the Wawa and pick up a machine gun? Read the script. You're not gonna read the script. Read Who's the director here? I like that, and when Charlie said... I've got something here that's gonna send our friend in the first train back to Israel. Yeah. Sets, that sets up the Charlie's an idiot motif. And the tsunamis. And the tsunamis that are constantly Just torrenting. A foreign country somewhere else, so their issue must be tsunamis. <laughs> my, my favorite <laughs> or quote. Or oil. <laughs> or oil. My favorite quote actually happened in, I think, the first like 10, 15 seconds. When Charlie's you like. You should get a doctor to do this. Mrs. Oh, look at me! The millionaire who goes to see doctors! <laughs> Come oh, on, just pull the damn <laughs> like that one really I don't the know millionaire why that funny, goes yeah. doctors. Yeah. Charlie is the working class guy he is the he's the personification of the working American oh let me just put on my helmet and get in the job cannon and fly <laughs> out to job land we're, we're gonna jobs. put the Soviet anthem in here is that what you're trying to do you goddamn communist fucking working Work, Americans yeah. ridiculous <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't think that the there was like a bunch of good quotes. I thought there were some that were like funny, but I put that more in the humor category. Gonna sit here till you use your words. I thought that was pretty good. Um, the I guess the best quote I got from this whole episode was at the end when um, they're like, they realize that they've done a terrible thing and Mac and Dennis, who didn't like you know, do the legwork on the terrible thing are like, oh, I- man, I feel sick. Ooh, me too. Well, you think I don't feel sick? Okay, I'm sick. I feel very sick. But I directed the shit out of this video. This stuff is gold. You're not the one on TV dressed like a terrorist threatening Jews, Charlie. Oh, that context was fine, Dennis. Trust me. I was thinking about it when we were watching the video. Yeah. I think that's just fucking, that's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's really the funny quote that sticks with me. I had one more also that I liked from Charlie when they were talking about like, Oh, I did leave Israel. It's getting real dangerous over there. And he's like, oh, yeah, because the tsunami. He's like, oh, yeah, it's a tsunami, the tsunami. over there. Or whatever. Yeah. He blames the tsunami. It's great because the conflict's always tsunamis or oil. Yeah. Uh, one last one, just because it's a callback. They they mentioned cracking an egg of knowledge again. I'm sorry. Do you know what's happening in Israel? Of course, bro. I read yes. the newspaper. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Why don't you uh, crack an egg of knowledge all over me? Okay. okay. Can I start? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They bring it back. She's all hopped up in amphetamines. I can hear it in her voice. <laughs> <laughs> So legal resource quotes are also pretty good. Like, all right, I think I follow, fellas. I don't have any legal legal recourse. What you're saying is, uh, we gotta get creative. If you're implying that I'm advising you to do anything illegal, then I'm afraid you're mistaken. Oh no, 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 we're mistaken. No, we're not mistaken. No, we we weren't. We would never want to implicate certain parties. In certain no, matters, no, but if certain but parties who has uh, certain experiences or, or connections, certain or affiliations, uh, affiliations uh, could give us some tips or pointers, or even you know connect us to one of his guys, we could really uh, get out. For me, there were there are definitely a lot of quotes that that um, a lot of great one-liners in this movie. Nothing that I really. De- Nothing that I really quote on a day-to-day basis. Nothing you would get tattooed to your left ass. No, actually, while you mention that real quick, there's one that is not even that funny, but I use it all the time because it is just like kind of uh, relevant a lot of the time is when their mom is like, well, that's attractive. Yeah. Like anytime someone does something, if they burp or whatever, I'm just like, oh, that's attractive. 
It's like, that's a good that one. one. But how do you know that my mom but, does that to me all the time? <laughs> how do I know that she does? <laughs> yeah. How do you know that that's exactly what she says every time I'm having a conversation with her? I know things. Oh, you basically so, live. Maybe that's why I don't like Dee's mom. So with, is that you're saying, saying you don't like your mom? Uh, I'm saying that <clears throat> maybe, you know, she's listening to this. Kebab is throwing himself in some hot water here, ladies and gentlemen. With his own mother. <laughs> With his own mother. His own mother. So I'm looking at my own list, and it looks like a, like a, the majority of my quotes were from Barbara herself. But um, one that wasn't, like, for instance, what she said. Standing up for yourself. Standing up for immigrants. I don't know what you're turning into, Frank, but it's making me sick. She had a lot of great one-liners that kind of... I guess got lost in the fray. But my favorite one that wasn't by her, that was by Dennis, was when he says, Yeah. Okay. Oh. Charlie, we have decided to help the people of Israel to give our oil back to us by defeating Saddam Hussein. My head is like swelling. It's freedom, Charlie. Wonderful knowledge. That's that's the funniest line. Because the way he says it, his delivery of that. And that entire conversation I actually really enjoyed. Yeah, so I'm going to put that in the overall humor part. But there were a lot of quotes in this stuff that were one liners. That um, attributed to the humor that, but that I don't really use and think about all the time. So my quotes, I'm giving this a seven. It was an eight originally. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna also give it a seven on that. I, I took, a, I took away a point actually for the quotes because uh, the dish of the day brought up that a lot of the funny things that happen here. And uh, Adam, you briefly just mentioned that it's more the conversations, not necessarily any one thing that's said in the conversation, like uh, the cold open is just a funny conversation in general that happens to have two or three great one-liners in it. Uh, the camera scene where they're filming the Jihad video. Trap behind the wall. Gang trap behind the wall. There's just a lot of like really funny scenes, really funny conversations, not necessarily as much as liners. So seven out of 10 on the quotes for me too. I'm going to go ahead and give that a, give it a six. I gave it a seven. Oh, okay. pretty consistent. Wow, we all agree kind of. Get the fuck out of here Come take on. that fry loves leela 3000 that's our <laughs> objective viewpoint <laughs> so uh when you combine all these past categories that we've talked about here when you combine the characters and the quotes and the story all together you get the overall humor of the episode how funny is this episode 10 out of 10 7 out of 10 7 out of 10 i'm hearing that as well yeah i got a seven so we got three sevens and a Flipping course, Adam is our ten of the ten. Ching ching ching. For overall humor, I'd like to I'd like to hear his reasoning. Ah, my reasonings. I'm I'm pure. I'm just like, I I was watching this episode. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm, I'm just pure. Fuck off. I'm pure. I found I'm it go- funny, <laughs> so I say I, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, like I was watching this, I was holding my stomach. I haven't seen this in so long, and uh, it's still. Such a funny episode to me. I was my stomach was uncontrollably like laughing. I couldn't stop laughing, and it it, it is so funny. There's so many great one-liners. I'm looking at all the visual gags that I didn't notice last time, uh, all the stuff I didn't notice last time in general. That, I mean, I I can't find like also, like I said before, it establishes a lot of tropes that I find hilarious in other episodes. Just the relationship between Charlie and Frank here. Uh, we have Mac, Charlie, and Dennis sitting around a professional's office desk. And they're 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 kind of being hor- horrifying whoever they're talking to. All that shit is there shitting on D, making her feel lower than life. Hilarious. Ten so, out of ten. So what you're telling me is that it possibly it cannot possibly get better than this. I I mean can't it get, can get funnier. funnier. But the, this is this is this is the the example of this is what I want to see. This is like the epitome of humor in this show for me. 
And I'm going to give 10 out of 10s for a lot of things. Realize, I love this show. You realize our cap is 10. So if yeah, you give it a 10, it needs to get funnier. Yeah, yeah, but you understand that like that the entire cap for the whole the whole like grading program is that it's still a, it's still a 10 out of 10. And I still haven't given it a full perfect 10 out of 10 yet. It'll come or it won't. I gave a 10 out of 10 for my well. I'm pretty sure I gave a couple 10 out of 10s so far. Uh, let, the, let, let the record show harassing Adam is way more fun, though, than giving 10 out of 10s. Yeah, it is way more fun please. to harass him for giving the 10 out of 10s. Everyone fight me. I'm here. Coming I up really? So you give me your arguments. Why don't Coming you up like on it? the show. Why don't you like it? Huh? Ah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when last episode that we talked about, when I had quotes, I was sitting there and I couldn't keep up with writing the stuff that I wanted to talk about for this episode. In this episode, I think there were a few conversations that stood out to me that were hilarious. Okay. But it wasn't, I, I wasn't laughing the entire episode. And when I was laughing, I don't think I had those gut wrenching laughs. Okay. So I, for me, I, I need did. both of those things for a 10. Okay. I, I agree with Donnie. Um, I, if you're new to the show, I agree with a lot of Adam's points. A lot of the time, I just, for some reason, give lower scores than Adam. We just feel they warrant two different scores. You think he takes it too far? You think he's dangerous? You <laughs> <laughs> think I'm a Jew-ish man? Uh, <laughs> yeah. In this case, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with Donnie on it. Okay, that's I, your prerogative. I really, prerogative. I really feel like there's a ten out of ten episode when it comes to humor in this season, and I'm not gonna tell you guys which one it is. I don't think it's this one. So um, between like the Jewish versus Jew dilemma they have, and the the scene with the fence behind the bar. And Frank using because I'm your dad as an excuse to get D to do the dumbest shit like steal a dog or gonna sit here till you use your words. Yeah, it's seven out of ten. I'm not gonna say it is anything less than good. Not gonna sit and say it's perfect like Adam. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about kebabs? You have one more chance to dissuade to to get me to drop. You have one chance, kebab, to get this man down from a ten. Get him down from the edge. Okay. I'm going to lay it out for you real simple. 10 equals most funny. Mm-hmm. Gang goes jihad does not equal most funny. Right. Therefore, mm-hmm. gang goes jihad <laughs> does not equal 10. Now, I rest my case, Your Honor. You're, well, since you're bad at math, I don't trust your math there. But he um, has you, bar you, graphs. You find you find whatever excuse you want to not no, no, no. to not to not, to to be trash. My argument against that would be that I'm not giving the entire episode a ten out of ten. It's still going to be probably an eight around an eight. There will be better episodes, and I've seen better episodes, of course. But to me, this one category, the humor, I loved it. Uh, I it, loved it. This is the epitome of it's always sunny humor. They're blowing up buildings. If you look around the room and you notice that all three of us- They're are, horrifying professionals. All, all three of us are still sitting here and we're not in Dee's the gonna kill herself. Because we've choked to death on our own spittle for, for, for laughing for an hour and a half. You see how that hasn't happened? I That's was, why this isn't a 10. I was laughing my butt off. So I was bellowing. We got two standards of humor here. We have laugh my ass humor off and send me to the ER humor. And uh, I guess Adam considers laugh my ass off 10 out of 10. The dish of the day wants to be sent to the hospital. The episode's so funny. That's what I've gathered here. Like last that's episode. That's correct, yes. I would like, say that's a fair assessment. Like last episode where they were all sent to the hospital. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. See, that's Dying. why I gave that one yeah. the highest score so far. Yeah. Because... It, 
they were all laughing so hard they had to go to the fucking hospital. Well, and, we'll wait and see the overall scores, and, and maybe our, our school scores will make sense to each other. There is a quote from a certain episode where Frank says, what am I supposed to do? And Dennis says, oh, you? You can go fuck yourself in your fat ass. <laughs> the Christmas yeah. special. That's yep. a 10 out of 10. That's the fat. Christmas special. <laughs> That's a 10 out of 10. fat fucking ass. Could you imagine I'm giving if zero. you and your buddy, you were just like talking to someone about that and you were like, like, hey, what am I supposed to do? Oh, you? You can go fuck yourself in your fat fucking ass. <laughs> and they just walk out the room. Son of a bitch. This isn't a 10 out of 10. God damn. Why do I have to explain this? <laughs> I don't think anyone's moving their scores on the overall humor for this episode. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I will not be moved. I, I will not be moved either. And on that note, we will move on to the... I'll start it off because mine's fucking boring. I thought this episode was extremely average, um, and I didn't even think it warranted uh, a creative wild card. It was so average, uh, so I just gave it a seven. Fun, yeah. How is seven average? We're going on. We're going off United States average. Oh, we're not going okay. off of European oh, average. Okay, so yeah. it's not like the metric average where five out of ten. It's, no, it's, it's like, like a like, school average. Yeah, like three point five is like sort of average. Six ish is average. Like Which it, while we're on that. Why is that? That is so fucked up. Why is 70% average in the United States? Because we don't want our country is, to to thrive at 50% and think that's good. In Britain... Oh, that's if you so fail, American if you of fail, us. Yeah, if you fail half the time... In Britain, in a lot shouldn't of necessarily be colleges, good. the highest grade you can get is 70% because if you did the work perfectly, which obviously doesn't happen for, for Britain... Um, <clears throat> you're only 70% away. You're only 70% there to being a fucking math man or whatever it is that you're getting a degree for that's like really pessimistic that yeah, makes me not want to like do anything it with education you ever makes you want to move our national average down to 40 percent. yeah yeah all right yeah come on guys d's d's get d's get degrees, degrees. yeah there you yes. go yeah 40 percent is a d uh, i don't know what 40 percent is but that that's should be f. the new a that's a low fucking f <laughs> Uh, for my wild card this episode, I was going to give a four-part harmony out of ten. Then you wouldn't have to say that you love me, cause I'd already know what you do. But uh, I'm going to give an extra bonus wild card point for Charlie's beautiful falsetto solo he has in that four-part harmony they have so five out of ten on the wild card for me uh the wild card i'm giving this a five because we have a complete gang here okay, okay here's what we're gonna do everyone relax frank congratulations you're captain of the game no, charlie charlie yeah. shut your mouth you, you, you know what and leave your money to your kids like normal parents of america yeah this is officially established gang apparently and that's five people in the gang five extra points uh, I gave it a 6 out of 10 for no particular reason. For no reason. And now the whole reason you're listening to this podcast, we are going to get the averages here. We are going to place this episode onto the list of lists. The whole reason we're here. Uh, currently, the list of lists features only season one and uh, last episode we reviewed, season two, episode one, Charlie Gets Crippled. 
If you would like to go look at the list of lists, head on over to our subreddit. That's reddit.com slash r slash always sunny pod. Again, our subreddit is r always sunny pod. This is our third favorite episode now, uh, right below the season one finale and the last episode we reviewed, which we gave a 7.8. That is our favorite episode is the last one we reviewed this one season two episode two we gave a 7.1 our third favorite episode hit me with those imbibe numbers imbibe this is the fans new favorite episode you guys so we might get some some shit for this review uh fans on imdb gave this 8.7 out of 10 with 2.23 thousand votes so this is the new fan favorite this is not our favorite now it is the Dish of the Day's new favorite episode, however. Replacing? Replacing Charlie Got Molested. That replaces Charlie Got Molested. That uh, is my fourth favorite episode. Donnie's third favorite episode. And Adam, this is now your second favorite episode. If nice. you guys would, again, like to see the full list of lists, you can head over to our Always Sunny Pod where we have it right at the top of the page, you can click on it and look at all the episodes listed out in order. So what do you think, guys? I, I think this was pretty average. Donnie, Donnie was kind of right on the money with it. Average episode? Yep. Average. Average as fuck. Average plus. It's now an average episode, but when it first came out, it was the first of its kind. Well, I'm hoping that you enjoyed listening to this, you guys, and this was an above average review of an average episode of Sunny. If Five star review. <laughs> yes, if you want to hear some more, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars. And uh, head on over to Spotify, subscribe. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, of course. And anywhere else you listen to podcasts, you will find Rum Ham and Wild Cards. Just search Rum Ham on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at alwayssunnypod and email us at alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. One more time, find the list of lists, our Always Sunny Pod, and listen to all our episodes at rumham.transistor.fm. You can find all of our episode reviews, all our jabroni talks, all that good stuff on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts at rumham.transistor.fm. Let us know what you guys think about your favorite episodes, your least favorite episodes of Sunny. What'd you think of this episode of Sunny? Did we give it too much credit? Did we not give it enough credit? Odds are you probably think we gave it way too low of a score. 7.1 compared to, uh, what was it, 8.7 is, is not in the same league at all. So let us know what you think of our reviews. Go ahead and listen to some more and let us know what you think. Hit us up on social media and we might just give you a shout out. Speaking of which, I got a couple shout outs here that I wanted to give. I want to give a shout out to Mike Pritzkow, who is watching the show for the first time. He's seen some episodes, but he's watching this show for the first time, episode by episode, and listening to our reviews episode by episode. So, Also, I want to give a shout out to Jack in Liverpool, I believe, is where he's located out of listening to every episode. Uh, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to those couple guys. Hey man, we in, love you. In the wildcard crew. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like a shout out and be our wildcard crew listener of the week, or bi-weekly, I guess, since we release every other week, feel free to head on over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, making it's always sunny reference, screenshot it, 
send it to our Instagram and we will shout you out as our wildcard crew listener of the episode. Good night, New York. Rum, Ham, and Wildcards is produced, directed, and edited by me, Braden Plugincool. Donnie Crunkleton is our associate producer, and this episode was written and hosted by me, Braden Plugincool, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothbort, and The Dish of the Day. Oh.